Again, I'm back with another episode for the Let's Talk Netflix podcast, and today we're talking royal treatment, the royal treatment. I waited two weeks for this film, and I was ecstatic when it when it popped up on my phone, alerting me that it had come. I switched on the television set. I sat down for some popcorn, and I was ready. And then it played. Now, if you're a 16-year-old and younger, you will definitely love this movie. But if you are a mature, more realistic human being like myself... You will definitely be frustrated by this movie. But it will not bore you per se. So technically I cannot say it's a waste of time. It's just poorly made in my opinion. And it's got a lot of you know common mediocre Disney princess crap. You know everything has to be right. Seems like everything is planned and a lot of weird shit. I'll give you an example. This girl Isabella. Easy. Whatever. Goes to this nigga's country and proceeds to be, to me, she's acting like she's better than the royal family. You're a guest at the fucking royal palace. In fact, you're not a guest. You're an employee. You're working at the bloody wedding. First of all, how you got the gig in the first place is by mere chance and mere miracle. Now, let's not talk about that. First, I'm talking about you being an uptight, judgmental prick. Like, this girl goes to this country, and she starts trying to change the way the people treat the damn workers at the palace. Like, you can't talk to people like that. She's being self-righteous. But I get it. She's trying to be the nice human being. Moving on. And then she goes to the worst side of the damn country, or the worst side of the capital, of this supposed made up land by the way they shot this thing in new zealand but let's not talk about some made up land at first i was really frustrated i was like how is everybody speaking english i had never heard of this country but then again don't be a prick don't be a prick it's probably made they were colonized by some british what what and they all speak english moving on anyway this girl a hairdresser moves to our place where there's a king in the royal family, blah, blah, blah. And betters the lives of people. Yes, she's acting like a queen. She's acting like a princess. She's doing wonders. But personally, to me, it seems like she's undermining the royal family. And to me, it seems a bit lazy that the royal family, you know, I get it. They're saying they have some financial problems. They did say that in the end. That they had some financial problems and their son had to marry this girl, Carlara, so they could fix all their financial problems, which he never does because he skips a wedding that's supposed to make everyone wealthy and keep the monarchy alive for a girl. So he kills off his family monarchy in a way for a girl. Romantic. Nothing more romantic than that but that's besides the point the point is it's a rom-com rom-com whatever they call it a romantic comedy starring the guy who starred in aladdin you know prince ali that's him and, and 
Austin and Ali's uh, Laura Morona, if I'm saying her name right, stars in this film. Apparently, she's Italian. I did not know that. Anyway, besides her looking cute and everything in the movie, that's not the point. The point is, the movie frustrated me in a lot of elements. But that does not take away from the fact that I actually enjoyed it. It just had a lot of cliche moments. And Rick Jacobson, who the guy who directed the film, did a horrible job. Like, for instance, I'm alarm beating over the place. For instance, at the end of the scene, or the end of the film, when this prince guy, Thomas, or Tommy, and Izzy are on horseback... The whole bloody neighborhood is outside waving. Why are they waving? I get it. It is a good community Samaritan. She's the nicest person in the whole goddamn neighborhood. So it's um, it's at night and everybody went out of their house and looked out of their windows to wave at her. While she's on horseback in New York, in the middle of the streets. But no police. Isn't New York the city that never sleeps? You're telling me there are no cops. There's no cops. There's nothing. Because this couple happens to be on horseback. Okay. Moving right along. They end up in each other's arms. Moving right along. The monarchy dies or survives. Move. It might survive because she's a kind-hearted person. She'll probably come up with some fancy-pantsy deal. And everything will be great. Question, are they going to stay in New York? Are they moving to... I forgot the name of the bloody village or bloody country this nigga's from. And it's ironic that this nigga's country tabloids happen to flop up... In the newspapers in New York. Now that is confusing. Unless the monarchy is somewhere near New York in some island I have no fucking idea about. Like seriously, the girl who wrote this script, or the woman, or the man. Jesus, man, this script is horrible. No, the script is not necessarily horrible, but there's some things that are missing. Like for instance, this girl takes... Oh my god. I don't even know how to analyze this thing. Just go watch it. You might like it. If you don't care about, you know, details to everything being perfectly right and the movie making actual sense. Like, for instance, this girl is offered a ride by the prince when she says he's going to town. She says, it's okay. I'm from New York. I can walk. I prefer to walk. And then later on, somehow, the writer or the director forgot that they said this Izzy or Elizabeth, or Isabella rather, girl, said she walked from the palace to town. They say that. But towards the end, when they get a pair of furniture, not a pair, a lot of furniture, filled up in a truck to go to across the, the 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 place across the rail tracks to some little town called Uber apparently not creative enough but whatever they go to this Uber place they get on a truck they drive there i'm thinking it's going to be real quick but no there's a whole bunch of fields it's distance it's, it's kilometers it's miles how did she walk there all the way but 
Anyway, it's not a Nigerian film. They don't have to show every little detail, Reese. Relax. Some of you might be saying that. So I will relax. She teleported to the mall because she was walking. And she said, New York. New Yorkers walk for a very long time. Except get on subways and taxis. But no, doesn't matter. Moving right along. Okay. Enough of this crazy rant. Let's start this thing off. Anyway, the movie starts off in a salon. This girl called Easy owns a salon. Apparently her father, her mother, her grandma, and her two best friends work in this salon. And then this guy called Doug, who's bullying them about, you know, about, you know, getting them to pay some maintenance crap because they have a very poor wiring in the store. It's almost causing little fires from time to time. And apparently, Doug was given money by the owner of the building. He's managing the building to fix the wiring in the building, but Doug does not fix the wiring. Instead, if he swindles Isabella and his family over some money and pretends that they keep messing up the place. But that's not the point. Anyway, Doug swindles 2000 off Izzy, the money that she has planned to travel the world with. That's her big dream. Anyway, and then we move to the scene. Apparently, this prince is in America. I mean, in America for some weird apparent reason. And then it turns out he's there because uh, he's getting married to some rich Texan princess. Some girl whose father's fucking rich and uh, I cursed. I apologize. Anyway, some girl who's rich, her family is rich. Anyway, they're in some sort of arranged marriage. Anyway, the princess, oh my, man, I've got messy hair. I need to cut my hair. First off, you're a prince. You're a bloody prince. You're telling me you don't have a royal hairdresser? But okay, I'll give you benefit of the doubt that you probably left them at home. It's all good. Moving around. Anyway, someone says, hey, there's this great barbershop called Bella. I forgot. Anyway, call them. And this guy, Walter, who happens to be the prince's caretaker, care butler, whatever, goes on Siri and says, Siri, call me this place. Siri apparently is dumb for some sort of reason. Gives the guy the wrong number to the wrong place. And then uh, Walter ends up calling Easy or Isabella. To do the prince's hair. Anyway, Isabella is excited. She gets to be paid $500. She, her usual price is like $35, $25, but she's offered $25 bloody fucking dollars. So she says, I guess again, I apologize. So she says, of course, I'll come over and do the prince's hair. Anyway, she walks into the building, happy as hell, into the luxurious hotel. Anyway, the bell I mean, the receptionist is an ass. Anyway, she's, I'm like, look at Walter. Anyway, Walter shows up and says, I'm Walter. You're going to give the prince a haircut? Anyway, she gives, she proceeds to give the princess, the prince, not the princess, the prince, a haircut. Anyway, one of the workers comes with tea and the prince doesn't want tea. He didn't even order tea. Somebody thought it was a great idea to give him tea. Anyway, he says no to the tree and the girl who's working at the hotel or serving the prince panics because she's in the presence of royalty and she spills the tea and every and this woman yelled at her anyway woman called lola i believe i could be wrong yells at this waiter or cleaning lady or 
waiter, whatever her position is. And of course, uh, Isabella or Izzy is not so thrilled about it because she's a person of high morals and high standards. And she looks at the prince, a uh, prince, by the way, a royal prince, ladies and gentlemen. She begins to proceed to pull or cut his hair angrily. And he is a prince who proceeds to do nothing about it. And of course, she eventually is so frustrated, she bails on a gig worth $500 because of her high standards and high morale and high sense of justice. How could you let her talk to her like that? She says to Mr. Thomas, the prince. Mr. Thomas is like, it's not my place. I'm just a prince. That's her job to tell people around me not to do this and that. Of course, Miss Isabella is not so thrilled, so she dashes off and she leaves. Fuck you, I'm not doing your haircut anymore. And she goes back to her salon and tells everybody, the prince is a jerk. While she's telling people how the prince is a jerk and an asshole, the prince miraculously walks right behind her. Yes, he walks right behind, and everyone's like, oh, the prince is right behind you, because apparently they saw the magazine, a newspaper, that apparently is published in New York. But hey, well, let's not overdo things. It's just a movie. Anyway, the prince goes on to have a haircut in the salon. And for some weird reason, there is no paparazzi, but for some weird reason, Every time this prince does something, it's on a bloody newspaper. But when he leaves his hotel to get a hair, his hair cut, by a regular hairdresser, the hairdresser's business does not boom like it usually should. If the prince is well known everywhere, you're telling me no one had Instagram when he walked into the bloody... Salon, you're telling me all those girls did not take a picture with their brains and posted that the prince gets his hair here? I'm like, the business should be booming once the prince goes there. That's what I assume. But hey, it's not important in this movie because it's um romance comedy. Anyway, Elizabeth proceeds to cut the prince's hair and then... Um, the prince goes back to his uh, hotel. It's, ironically, there's apparently some sort of uh, situation with uh, the royal makeup and hairdresser. People that are supposed to do the wedding. They cancel last minute because, I don't know, for some weird reason. Prince seems like a cool dude. His supposed fiancé seems like a cool person. Anyway, they cancel. They cannot do the wedding. Okay. Your royal money is not good for them. And you know what happens? Walter suggests Elizabeth. Why do I keep saying Elizabeth Isabella for doing the royal makeup and hair stuff? For and uh, the prince apparently agrees because hey, she he she did the prince's hair. Look at him; he looks great. Everyone agrees, and she gets offered the fifty thousand dollars to try to fly from her New York to the prince's country, which I forgot the name of. Which doesn't exist. But anyway. She flies there. They go to this beautiful castle. Now. Bear in mind. Towards the end of the movie. 
the father, the account parent king talks about him being broke and about how it cost the heat a castle with 200 bedrooms. Now, put a pin on that. Now, three girls from New York from Isabella's salon go with Isabella to do makeup and hair for the real wedding. Now, when they get there, they offered shelter or a place to sleep in the royal palace. Nothing wrong with that. Anyway, now the two girls who happen to be accompanying Isabella put in a room they share, like with two beds in the same room, and it's really small. Nothing prestige or royal about it, but it's for the guests. Relax, Reese. Anyway, Isabella gets a slightly bigger room, but it still looks a little smaller. In fact, my room is a little bigger, but that's not the point. Relax, Reese. Okay, what's the point, Reese? I'll tell you. Why are two people sharing a bedroom when there are over 200 rooms in the house? Why? Why, Rick Jacobson? Why? I'm blaming you because you the director, my nigga. You the director. You supposed to handle this shit. If it doesn't make sense, change the bloody script. But that's not the point. Moving right along. Well, this chick called Dola is not impressed about them because they're not... Apparently, they don't do royal hair. She's not impressed. So she puts them to the test and they do this little hair samples on the workers of the palace. And Izzy does her hairdressings wonderfully because she does, she does men hair and she does it well. And the two girls with Lola do hair and they put a little sparkle and a little pizzazz. And this Lola chick doesn't like it, and she says they're too weak, blah, blah, blah. She puts them in a training, you know, how to do makeup for the royals. Anyway, in the end, they do nail it. Everyone is happy about their makeup job. But that's not the point. The point is, Mrs. Isabella goes on to ridicule, embarrass, in my opinion, the royal family by undermining their presence, their power, by fraternizing with the employees, the villagers, by suggesting that the, her actions, she tries to better the lives of the people in the kingdom. Nothing wrong with that. But she's a guest of the royal family. So her actions, in a way, are suggesting. I'll give you an example. There's a school in Uber Town that has children sitting on pillows instead of uh, chairs. And uh, they write on piece of paper, apparently, instead of books. And Isabella goes on to better their lives by offering them food and uh, chairs, which she takes from the royal palace. Apparently, the queen likes to change furniture every once in a while. So they take furniture... Hold on, hold on, folks. Furniture from the royal palace. That means this furniture is expensive as hell. You could literally sell the furniture and build more shit for the town. But anyway, they donate the furniture to the school and they gather toys from everybody around town to give to the children. Nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly humanitarian and that's wonderful. Great job, Izzy. You've done well. And the prince accompanies her in all of this, by the way. A prince. 
who for some weird reason, the townspeople don't realize he's the prince. Wow. You don't know your own prince. But anyway, he's in disguise. He's wearing a hat and sunglasses. Oh, Hollywood's favorite disguise for celebrities. Apparently, we cannot see you. Dude, we, we, we recognize people while they're wearing masks in COVID. We can see you with glasses. But hey, it's a movie. Relax, Reese. Anyway, as I'm relaxed, the movie goes on. Um, I forgot an important scene. Before they give out the furniture, apparently the girl's fiance, the princess fiance, who's apparently wants to get her daughter married to a prince so they can exploit the royal family for some land, sees Isabella and Tommy boy, Thomas, fraternizing each other, touching each other. Not touching, looking at each other, gazing romantically into each other's eyes. And she says, something is up. And she's right. Mr. Thomas is in love with Isabella. And apparently the girl, the fiancé of the prince, also doesn't want to get married. She wants to start some handbag for dogs type of business. I don't even want to talk about it. But moving on. This uh, lady of the... The future princess follows. Bear in mind, she's rich. But she personally takes a camera and takes a picture of this newly couple. Newly couple I'm talking about Isabella and Thomas. She takes a picture personally. By the way, she's rich, people. Like filthy rich. She goes to town by herself. Takes a picture by herself. I thought royal or rich people usually hire a professional photographer to follow people for them not themselves but that's not the point huh. anyway a newspaper article comes out about the, the you know the prince and Isabella fraternizing and shit before his wedding blah 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 then then uh, the father tells the prince that he has to get married to this girl called Laura Laura because they're in financial ruin and they made some terrible financial business and they need this family, this arranged marriage to work because they've got some financial promises, some financial plans, some things to make the country better and blah, blah, blah. And Walter goes on to tell the prince, you cannot marry this girl because you're not in love with this girl. And he ends up agreeing and he goes to tell the girl that I don't want to marry you. Turns out the girl also doesn't want to get married. So that's the mutual consent. No one wants to get married. The wedding is off. Isabella's back at home, the salon had burned, she talks to the owner of the salon, I mean the owner of the building, finds out that Doug has been ripping her off and ripping off the owner, blah blah blah, and she takes a job at a community center, blah blah blah, and just when you thought it was over, the prince comes back in horseback, because apparently when they were riding in that truck delivering furniture, Longmouth, when they talked about each other's childhood, the prince mentioned how his father taught him how to drive, and then Isabella mentioned how her father borrowed a horse in Central Park Zoo, New York City, by the way, and rode a horse because his daughter could not make friends to their apartment and gave his daughter a ride on a horse around the neighborhood to impress people and all the girls in the neighborhood and all the boys wanted to be friends with her. Okay, everybody wanted to be friends with this girl because she rode a horse. That's not the point. Anyway, the prince does the move, repeats the move, because it's so cliche. 
comes back in a horse. Why have I seen a movie where the prince comes back in horse ride to take the girl? <gasps> right in every movie. Anyway, he comes back in horseback ride and he wows the girl of his dreams and they get back on the horse like I already mentioned. Whole neighborhood is up looking through the windows out of the front doors waving at the future prince and princess. Preacher king and queen or whatever. And her two best friends are in a limo celebrating the shit out. Or you could say, hey, those girls were making a lot of noise when they're in the limo. They woke up the whole neighborhood. It was probably dinner time because everybody in Isabella's house was eating. So I'm assuming it was around 8. So no one is sleeping. So people would go outside and see why. But the whole neighborhood is just weird to me. And they're all waving like they know what's going on. Wow. The news really travels fast in this neighborhood. Anyway, that's enough of my idiotic frustrations. Ooh, 25 minutes, episode long. Wow, that's pretty long. Anyway, that is all, I guess. Remember to um, follow me on Instagram at Reese Chanson. Check out my Facebook page at Chanson Reese or Reese Chanson also. Uh, my official Twitter account is official. TRCN as the official title. And uh, what else? What else? Oh, remember to subscribe wherever you may be listening to this podcast. And, you know, donate some bucks on Patreon. Yep, there'll be a link for the Patreon right underneath the description for this. What else? Oh, remember to rate us on Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else that you it's possible to rate us. Um, and of course, recommend us to your friends and family. Okay, that's enough. Uh, if you're looking to hear more about me or more on me, you can also check out my other podcast called The English Game Podcast. It's all about English Premier League football. So if you're a Manchester United fan or you're a big fan of the Premier League, it's something to check out. Anyway, enough of that self-publicity. Goodbye and good riddance. This has been your boy, Reese Chanson. Adios, folks. From Reese Chanson. You do know I could just edit this properly instead of making my voice deeper. This is crazy. Anyway, bye.